Welcome to Manifestation Lizified, your weekly dose of inspiration. This podcast is rooted in the belief that a positive mindset can improve every aspect of your life, from work to relationships to your overall well-being. By changing the way you interact with the world and approaching it from a positive place, you will manifest a fulfilled life of your creation. So hello everyone. Many of my friends, acquaintances, and more have been fairly concerned from a money perspective about what the future holds due to COVID-19. So many of them have to physically show up in order to do their jobs, from photographers to costume designers to massage therapists and more, and if they can't actually be there, they can't work. So I think that this is a really important conversation, which is why I really wanted to introduce Linda Hannon. She's a finance expert to share how we can all be as proactive as possible with our money during this time. Uh, Before starting Real Family Finance, which is a finance coaching business for individuals, Linda actually specialized in growth and strategic planning for small and midnight and excuse me, mid-sized organizations of up to $30 million, I would say, to help them get their monetary goals in order. So I'm really, really excited for her to be joining to us today. I think she's got a lot of valuable insight on the topic. And I think that this is something that, um, from what I've heard from a lot of different friends, um, family, everyone, it's definitely a topic that is on everyone's mind right now. So I think it's an important conversation to be having. So thank you again, Linda, for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Liz. I'm thrilled to be here. So let's dive on in. How can we be proactive from a financial perspective during this really uncertain time? Eliza, I think that is, is such an important question because I think what folks need to be doing is they need to create a plan. And I know that sounds like so common sensey, but we live in a society where, A, none of us are taught about how to manage money. And when something like this happens and we are in an unprecedented time, People don't know what to do. Um, so it's, I think of it, because I, I do teach fine, fine personal finances, I have a whole set of rules that I teach people. And I think a lot of people are familiar with the rules, which are things like pay down your debt and don't have credit cards and um, save for an emergency fund. There's just a ton of, of rules that we think we're supposed to have. And A, you have a whole bunch of people that never had an opportunity to put those rules into place in their lives. And number two, those rules aren't going to work during this period of time. Um, so one of the things that I have seen in my career, especially as a, a, a business consultant, is that I would see companies that had these amazing products and amazing services, but they didn't know how to manage the financial part of their lives. And when I would get involved with them, it was because they were on the edge of, of going out of business because they just didn't have the money to continue to operate. And it was all, it always amazed me that once you gave them that last piece of how to manage their money, that they would not only just take off and and be, be successful financially and start to be profitable and grow, but their personal confidence would grow because they realized that they had this last piece in place in their lives. And I'm, I'm seeing that now, um, in this situation for so many folks that have, have sort of said, I'm going to figure out my money later, um, or it's, it's sort of all working its way out right now, so I'm not going to worry about it. But what I think folks need to do is, is they need to, to come up with a plan right now, because this is not going to be over anytime soon. And as you said, there are a ton of people who um, can't show up for work that all of a sudden their income has just gone away and the, all the rules have changed. Absolutely. So. I guess, how can we manage, for example, our spending? 
so the, the, it's funny, a million years ago, I had a mentor and this was actually, I think during like the 19, one of the 1980 recessions. And the guy used to walk around the office all the time saying, cash is king, cash is king. And we all sort of maybe laughed at him a little, but he was so right. When you're in a situation like we have today, where it's uncertain, number one, how much income you might have coming in, and number two, how long this is going to last. It is incredibly important to hold on to your cash. So that means looking around and to kind of um, doing an assessment to say, where are, where, A, what cash do I have hang, hanging around, whether it's cash that's sitting in your house. Um, my husband and I actually recently moved, and when we cleaned out our house and we collected the cash, like the change and stuff all over the place, we had $750 of cash in our house. So it's, it's like, it's, so it's cash in your house, it's cash in your bank accounts, it's cash that you might have available um, in your 401ks. If you have kids, believe it or not, it's cash that's sitting in the 529 plans that you, you, you know, you'd love to be saving for your kids to go to school, but right now you might need the cash. So you kind of figure out where all your cash is, and then you need to put together a spending plan to figure out how long you can make that cash last. Um, and it's literally laying, it's, it's, um, I work with my students. I actually just this last week put out a new class called how to manage your money during the coronavirus. And, um, I have them lay out what their cash plan looks like from now until December. And then once you have it laid out, you can start to very proactively make decisions. Like you can see, do I have enough cash to get me to December? If you do, then you can, you can say, okay, our spending is all right. We can continue the way we are. If you don't have enough cash, then you've literally got everything laid out in one place and you can start to make decisions and say, what can we tweak? What can we cut out? What can we pull back? Um, so that's, that's sort of the, the high level from a spending plan that I think about with my, my people. And there's so many like little tweaks you can do. It's even things like, let's look at your cable bill. Um, it's it, like, do you need all the cable boxes in your house? If your money is really tight, you might be thinking, I need the internet maybe for work, but do we really need cable? Or do we need cable or can we get by with just a Netflix or a Hulu or a Prime? And like, and those, those dollars add up. Um, it's looking at your grocery bill. And, and, and it's interesting. So one of the things that as I, I'm talking to people now, there seems to be three categories of people. And I think that advice on spending kind of falls into the three categories. Um, so I think of it as there's people who are, uh, have jobs as essential workers, where they know that they're going to continue to have jobs and because they're just, they're needed. Um, then you have another category of people that um, are not essential, maybe haven't lost their job, or if they're married, maybe they've lost one income, so they still have some money coming in. But those people should not assume that their job is going to continue. And, um, and I think that's a hard message for a lot of people to hear. But the truth is, is like I said earlier, we don't know how long this is going to last. And while there's many, many companies that are doing their best to stay in business, if this thing continues past, you know, May, June, July, a lot of businesses aren't going to be able to continue to pay their workers because they're just not going to have the, the money coming in to do it. So if you're in that category, you need to start planning now to make sure that you are saving as much cash as you have. So if you need it, it's there. And then the beauty of it is, is if you're saving this cash and then everything turns around and it, it all gets good in the summertime 
and people go back to work. And, um, and I'm actually feeling very optimistic because the economy was so strong when we went into this that once things get started again, things will get moving quickly. But um, if you get, when we get to that point, if you've got all this cash you've been sitting on, because maybe you, you've been holding on back on doing things, you now have cash available to do lots of things, whether that's to get a jump start on paying off your debt, or maybe you have a jump start on an emergency fund that you've been thinking about doing, but you haven't really set up. Or you're thinking, we've been talking about doing, um, saving for a down payment for a new house. This could be a real positive opportunity for a lot of people to end up actually being ahead. So you have that category. And then the last category are people that have literally lost all their income. And for those folks, um, especially the independent contractors, I mean, we, we, we know there's money that's coming. Independent contractors will be able to get unemployment, which has never happened before. But the, the reality is, is we're seeing it was great intentions of the government to say, we're going to do this, but figuring out the details of how it's going to work is going to take time. We're already seeing it. We're now, I think, three weeks since they, the government announced that un, there was going to be unemployment for contractors, and most states have yet to even put an online application on their websites. Um, there's still discussions going on about when it's going to start. Um, we all know it's going to end July 31st, but some states are saying that they'll start as far back as Jan January 27th, and others are saying they'll do it sometime in March. So it it's varies dramatically from state to state. Um, so there's a lot of things to work out. So if you're in that bad, bottom category, it's super, it's super important that, that during this period of time that you, you, you are looking at your spending and really saying, we have to be absolutely ruthless. And, and because there's going to be people that literally are not going to be able to pay their bills for a while, which is going to be unfortunate. Um, that being said, there's, um, there's kind of some guidance that I give people if they're in this last category. You take a look at your cash and you need to prioritize. And your first thing is to make sure you have food to put on your table, okay? If you can't pay your mortgage payments or you can't pay your credit cards, um, or you can't pay your student loan, which has actually been on hold, so that shouldn't be an issue. If you can't pay those things for a few months, the world is not going to end. Yes, you might be a bit behind. Yes, when this is over, it may take you some time to crawl out of a little bit of a financial hole. But that's okay, because these things happen in life. Like I personally, I've lived through three major recessions. I, I graduated from college into a recession. I got divorced into a recession where I lost an income because I got divorced. I had got stuck with a mortgage and a ton of bills and um, I lost my job. Um, I was working for a dot-com company when the dot-com boom crashed. So I've, I've been through this before. So the one thing that I can tell everybody is that there's, there, there's going to be an end. It's not going to last forever. So you've got to do what you have to do to get through this and keep in mind, be thinking about what your strategies are on the other end, but focus on the fact that you've got to do what you have to do to survive. So that starts with food. The next one is utilities, making sure your electricity and your heat and your air conditioning is turned on. Um, the next one after that is housing, making sure you keep a roof over your house, uh, over your heads. Um, that's that. I mean, so those are basically the first three. And focus on that. Start there, and then depending on how much money that you you've got available, then you can start adding other spending in. So that's sort of my my general guidelines for folks. 
Sounds very much like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. What's yeah. the most important? It works. It works, but it's, it's, it bears repeating because a lot of us, I mean, the truth is, is there's so many folks, we've had an up, up, up economy now for 12 years. There are a lot of people that have never had to live through something like this and don't know what to do. So it's, it's, te- it's definitely always worth repeating good advice. Absolutely. And I, you know, I have a question for you in regards to our credit cards. Um, I know this was a discussion that I was uh, talking with my sister about, and should we be paying off our credit cards now or should we only be paying the minimum balance? I know, as you mentioned, cash is king, right? So it is. is it, yeah. Do we hold off? Do we? Yes. So this, that's a, that's a fabulous question. Um, so it, it definitely cash is king. And I go back to those sort of three categories of people. If you are an essential worker and you feel confident that, you know, that's never going to, that's never going to go away, then you can probably continue the way that you've been going. But if you fall into any other category, my suggestion is at best you pull back your money into just paying minimums. Okay. And anything else like, because I know a lot of people have like a plan. So say your minimum is a hundred bucks and you've been paying 200 take that extra $100 and very consciously put it into a savings account or so that you, you isolated it and you're not just letting it get absorbed into life. Because your goal would be all that money that you aren't putting towards your credit card right now, that when this is over, you'll have a, a lump sum of cash you can just throw at it and you'll be pretty much back on track with what you were doing. And then the last group of people, if you um, are struggling to eat, you need to stop paying your credit cards. My, and my suggestion on that is always reach out to the credit card company, tell them what's going on, because a lot of the credit card companies are actually allowing people to put their payments on hold. And, um, but it's super important that you communicate to them. Don't just stop paying, because then you look like you're, you're, you're becoming delinquent. If there's notes in your file that said, I reached out and I told somebody I have no income, I will do the best that I can, um, but I can't pay my, my credit card statement right now. Um, that's um, super important. And also, Liz, one other thing I want to mention, because again, these are unprecedented time and cash is king. If you have credit cards and you have unspent balances, so say you're approved for $10,000 and your credit card balance is $3,000. If you're in really dire straits, you have $7,000 of cash available to you through your credit cards. Now, in the old world, you, I would always say, don't touch it, don't spend it, you know, keep it there as a security blanket. But for many people, we are in the place that you need to be using that security blanket. And yes, you're going to have to deal with it when this is over. So you, you don't want to spend it unless you absolutely have to. But if you are literally not able to put food on your plate, you should take a look and see what you have available on your credit card balances. That's a really, really great point. I know just yesterday I was actually looking through, hmm, how many credit cards do I have open? What are my available balances on everything just in case? And I was speaking with my sister about it and I was curious. I think she went out and decided to actually open up a new credit card as a just in case. Yes. Is that something you also recommend? Uh, absolutely, 100%. And I know that, that, again, and it depends on which category you're in. If you're comfortable, don't, don't be messing with your credit scores if you don't need to be. But if you are need money to live or you see it coming, now's the time to plan. In fact, my, one of my shows, I also suggested call all your credit card companies and see if you can up your limits because you can call them back in September and say, bring it back down 
But if you call them in September and say, bring it up, can I raise it? You have a much less chance that they're going to say yes. So better now when things are, people are still feeling a bit optimistic and helpful to ask to get those limits raised. Absolutely. No, this is very, very helpful information. Um, hopefully we can really give people a solid plan of what they should be doing. Um, I have another question in regards to filing for unemployment. Uh, like I mentioned, I have a lot of friends, especially in particular in the creative fields. Um, and I was wondering if you have any advice to share on what they need to know in regards to filing for unemployment. I know most companies should be helping their employees through the process, but I also know that there are some that, you know, either they don't have the time or are just unable to. So I would love to see if you have any um, nuggets of wisdom to share in regards to filing for unemployment. Absolutely. So let's break those into two categories. Let's break that into the category of people that um, were actual W-2 employees versus 1099 contractors. Or um, and with a 10, and then actually there's a third category, which is the people who are self-employed who get cash like um, massage people, maybe some of the photographers that you know, they don't get 1099s, but they're self-employed. So there's three different categories of people that are going to be entitled to unemployment. And um, I think they're all going to work a little bit differently. So if you're a W-2 employee, um, you should go on, you should immediately go on your unemployment site and file an application. Um, th those ones, the system is, works a little bit easier. Um, there is a process where unemployment has to reach out to your employer to verify your employment at the time that you got laid off. And that process may take a little bit of time only because for a lot of companies, the HR people aren't there anymore or the payroll people aren't there anymore. Um, so, the, the, and there's, there's backups that the um, unemployment offices use um, to take into consideration those things, but that could delay getting unemployment for a week or two, but that's okay because your unemployment starts from your last day of work. So um, if it take, it, it's just a question of getting cash to you. Um, so, so it's retroactive. Okay. Yeah. So the other thing people should know is that every state is different as far as how they do unemployment. So there's not any broad rules. Um, so I wish I could just say this is how it works, but every state could be a little bit different. So it's important that you get on and get into your own system. Now, the states, depending on where you are, pay anywhere from... 20 to 50 percent of what your prior year income was or i think it's a prior four rolling quarters so that's sort of how it works they look back at your employment history um, on top of it the federal government is adding 600 dollars a week through july 31st now what and that's assuming that you were a full-time employee there's still, I don't think, been 100% clear guidance on what's going to happen if you were part-time. If you were part-time, then you, um, again, this is, a lot of this is state by state. You still have to, you have to work a certain number of hours in order to qualify for unemployment. But just because you're part-time doesn't mean that you can't collect unemployment. On top of it, when you are collecting unemployment, you are allowed to work part-time, a very part-time amount. So you could potentially earn a little bit extra money, but you should also check with your state unemployment to find out what that is. That's assuming that you can continue to get any work. Um, so that's sort of the, the, un the unemployment for W-2s. So the next one is this whole 1099 and self-employed people. So um, I'm hearing this across the board. People are trying to apply as of Friday. 
there were no states that had applications set up for pure 1099 people. And I know a lot of the states, uh, people were trying to apply using the standard unemployment applications. And some people were getting through. Uh, a lot of people said that they got rejected. But the truth is, is that none of the states, as of today is April 6th, as of today, none of the states are set up for this new unemployment for independent contractors and self-employed. So people have to be patient and um, understand that if they got in and the, their state has, is figuring out how to just move them along, awesome. If they got in and they got rejected, they shouldn't give up because there's a good chance that in the next week or two, there's going to be a new application available for 1099 people and self-employed. If you're a 1099 person, then they're going to be looking for probably copies of your 1099s from prior years. Okay, so um, everybody should be digging those out um, and seeing what they can find because they, they, this, there is going to be some requirement for some sort of documentation. Um, I think that it, from what I heard on um, Friday, there's the states and the government are still trying to work this out because so many of the independent contractors don't work full-time. They work some part-time. And there's a lot of people that had full-time jobs and also a part-time thing. So there, this is like all, this, all the details still need to be worked out. But the goal is, is that if you're a 1099 or you work for yourself, you will be eligible to half of what the regular unemployment in your state is. So if, um, like in Massachusetts, you're entitled to half of what your compensation was up to a cap of $823 a week. So if you're a 1099, you'll get half of the half or 25% of what you made before. Plus, you will also be eligible for that $600 through July 31st. And then um, from a timeline point of view, unemployment is generally 26 weeks that you can collect. It has already been extended to another 13 weeks. So right now, unemployment will be, you'll be eligible for it uh, for 39 weeks. That $600 is right now only through July 31st. But um, in general, it'll be 39 weeks. And in the past, when we've had situations like that, they've extended it for 13-week periods um, going forward, if necessary, depending on what's going on with the economy. Did you have any other specific questions, or have you heard anybody with specific questions that I can be helpful with beyond that? No, I think that's really the main thing that a lot of um, friends have mentioned. I think that's really interesting in regards to unemployment. I know you said it was 39 weeks, and then now usually in the past, they, they've tended to extend it by another 13 weeks if necessary. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I just want to make sure I perfectly understood that. Okay. So, yeah. So the normal is 26 weeks. The federal government has said extend it by 13 weeks. So it's now 39 weeks. So if you get unemployed today, you'll be able to collect unemployment for 39 weeks. And up through July 31st, you'll be able to get an extra $600 a week from the government. Gotcha. So that $600 is one of the things that nobody's really giving a lot of guidance yet. I'm not sure how that's going to work if it's, if it's gets, if everybody gets it, if you entitled to unemployment or if it's going to be prorated based on if you're part-time or full-time. Right. Right. Um, I think those were all the main questions that I really had, but is there anything else that you feel uh, folks really, really need to know and understand at this point in time? Um, I guess it's just that, that, 
remember that this is is this is temporary, and for a lot of people who I think I had said earlier haven't taken the time to kind of figure out their money because we're all busy and who nobody likes to deal with money. Money's not fun. It truly isn't. But this is such a great opportunity, folks, to kind of take a little time, sit back and and spend some time learning about how to manage money so that when situations like this come up in the future, because they will, I mean, this is not the last time that we're going to have something recession-like happen, that the next time that it happens, that you put yourself in a position where you can just glide through and you don't have to stress about it. So I just, I, I hope that that, that that happens for a lot of folks after this is over. Same here. I, I hope, I, I do believe that some good is going to come out of this. I do think that once this is over, um, everyone is going to really prioritize what they value in life and hopefully, you know, everything will come out for the better. But thank you so much. I think this is going to be a very, very helpful episode for everybody. Um, I know, like I said, I've, I've, I've had a lot of friends uh, and, and folks who this has affected who really have all these questions and, and weren't sure where to turn. So I think this is going to be very helpful. So thank you very much for coming on board today. Uh, if my listeners want to learn a little bit more about you, where can they find you? Um, they can find me at uh, www.realfamilyfinance.com. Um, and just so folks know, I actually do a weekly YouTube and I do a weekly podcast. Uh, so you can find me actually, if you go to my website, you'll see links there. Um, and I am doing some, some classes now. So if people are looking for some help on actually figuring out how to put together a plan for themselves, I'm actually teaching people how to do this right now. Um, because I, I just, I, it's just so important that, that people stay healthy financially. There's just enough other craziness going on right now. But, and thank you for having me, Liz. This has been awesome. Absolutely. Thank you again. Thank you guys so very much for listening. So if you enjoyed the podcast, please feel free to leave me a review. You can also find a few more doses of inspiration over at my Instagram at manifestation Lizified.